Green Acres Garden Podcast is the podcast that will teach budding gardeners like you to grow your green thumb. For whether you're a newbie or a seasoned horticulturalist, you're sure to learn something new. Enjoy our conversations with community gardeners and gurus from Green Acres Nursery and Supply. We'll answer questions you didn't know you had. Three, two, one, and away we go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Green Acres Garden Podcast. I'm your happy host, Kevin Coleus Jordan, and I'm actually I'm the tomato cultivator this week. Uh, got a great little episode for you. Let's check in quickly with Austin Spielberg Blank, Ooh. our budding filmmaker. Austin, I got a movie to pitch you. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> Spielberg, I'm not on that level. That's, You're getting there, bud. Oh my you've, gosh, you've got the chops. Right, what's I'm the, telling you. What, what do you want to? Well, you've heard of the popular franchise, what, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure. I think we could do Gardeners of the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Right, we're a, we're a team of ragtag everyday <laughs> green thumbs and gardeners have to get together. To save the universe. Yes, it'll I'm have down. comedy. It'll have uh, romance and action and a lot of chlorophyll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be great. So you just, just, just you know, stew on it. Just something to think about. Okay, that's a great concept for a script. We'll have to start writing. Yeah, it yeah. Soon. Mull it over. I'll, okay, yeah, I'll get it to you. I'll get you the treatment. All right. So also had a great week. This yeah? week I got reminded why I love plants so much. Okay, and so actually this you, happens a lot. But you ask that of people all the time. That's one of your favorite questions. So. What is your answer for that? What what were you reminded of this week? I was reminded, I got to, uh, I put in a little garden for my mom, just a little landscape. Oh, I nice. got my hands, my hot little hands on some camellias uh, and some calla lilies. She has a little shaded area, gets partial light. And uh, we cleaned it up, uh, got it all ready, threw some plants in, and it looked amazing. My mom was all tickled and just, she's like, oh, just wiping away a little tear here Aww. or there. Just loved it, right? And it's one of those things where it just really solidified why I love gardening and growing so much. And my mom was even like, where did you learn to do all this? <laughs> it's like, where have you been, lady? Um, oh, you've been man. here the whole time. But so it was great. I just had the best time. And uh, just and then fast forward to this week in the, in the classroom. I mean, we've had some rainy days, but we still enjoyed the garden. I went out in the rain, grabbed some carrots, grabbed some cauliflower, grabbed some cabbage, made some winter stew. And so we, things were good this week. Oh, it was so delicious. Oh, that's great to hear. That, that was awesome. So I'll show you nice. some pictures. Uh, it was delicious. And the kids who tried it were like blown away. At first, a few of them were like, I don't know. They had some and they just loved it. So great week out in the garden. And we're going to have an even better week here in the studio because we're going right to the center of the garden, Austin. Yes. This... Dun, 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 dun. Tomato. Tomato time. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So tomato is it is the quintessential uh, vegetable garden plant. I think when you, when you think of a gardener, you think of a smiling face, maybe a straw hat, a dirty hand, and a bright, beautiful, red, juicy tomato. And that we're dedicating this week's episode to everything tomatoes. The time is now, hopefully, um, to start thinking about our tomato gardens for this spring and summer. Pretty soon it's going to be warming up. I know we've had an extra wet and cool um, spring so far. Actually, I had my potatoes sprouted up, Austin. That little bit of frost knocked them back. Actually, I saw some get actually get some frost damage. So knocked back? What do you mean? Just the, uh, the leaves had already emerged on my potatoes, uh-huh. right? And But uh, we had a little bit of a frost come through about a week ago. And it actually I saw some damage on the leaves. Luckily, the potatoes, they'll be fine. There's enough energy in there. They'll just keep pushing through and they'll be fine because oh, it wasn't okay. that rough. But if I had had my tomatoes in... It would, would have been be a, it would have been bad. Yeah. So it's good to be patient. We're going to wait a little bit. Hopefully, by the time our listeners are hearing this, things are kind of on the upswing, starting to warm up. If you can go out in your garden comfortably in shorts and a t-shirt, you're starting to notice people in flip-flops and uh, tank tops. What? Really? Then it's almost time to start planting your tomatoes, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So uh, it's just a little too cool right now. And sometimes this, uh, you know, March comes in like a lion, goes out a li- little bit like a lamb. 
but uh, it's good to wait till things warm up because it's all about that soil warmth. Once the soil gets warm, your tomatoes are going to flourish. If the soil is cold, your tomatoes are going to not do well. So just wait a little bit, be patient. But until then, let's let's do a little bit of a, a little deep dive into tomatoes. What do you think, Austin? I am so ready for this. This is the thing that uh, because of this show, I see I started getting into gardening. You're showing me the way, basically, and I have fallen in love with growing tomatoes. Last year, that was the, my favorite crop I grew, and I'm so looking forward to growing uh, tomatoes again this this season and trying some new varieties. So why don't we? start with varieties what what varieties do you recommend um are have you been successful with like what do you want to propose what should we be growing gosh well i I, there's a bunch of varieties that i love but let's quickly get into the types of tomatoes okay so we got determinate versus indeterminate oh i have no idea what that is so (laughs) determinate short and squatty they're not quite as long and viney those are the ones that um are going to be a bit shorter they kind of have natural genetic property that just they only grow so tall and they reach their upper limit and then they stop, they get a bit wider, they'll start producing some fruit. What's nice about determinate varieties is most of that harvest is going to come all at the same time. And so you can you can wait, let that plant get healthy, and then you can do one big harvest and then you can remove that plant and either get a fresh one started or plant something new in the garden. With your indeterminate varieties, these are the long viney ones that can get really tall and stretchy. Uh, they have long branches and they tend to kind of grow as long as it's warm and they're healthy, they're going to grow and continue to produce. So the, the, you may not get one massive harvest all at once. It'll be spread out throughout the season. And until the frost comes, they're usually going to continue to do really well. And so in today's episode, we'll talk a little bit about both of those. Um, I honestly would think if you're going to grow, grow them both. If you can find a determinate variety that suits you, because those are also really good for container growing. They're, um, they don't need quite as much trellising or, uh, or support, but oftentimes when they do get full of heavy fruit, um, even determinate varieties can appreciate a little bit of support, although there are some out there that get extra bushy. So it's, it's pretty cool to experiment with those. And those are extra cool too, Austin, if you're um, planning on doing some canning or some freezing, where it's nice about those, you can grow them, have them all ready for one big harvest, and then do your work and then move on. That is cool. But with the indeterminate varieties, you kind of have an extended harvest and that long growing season and you get to enjoy it and appreciate it. So a little bit of both here or there, I think sure. you can find some joy. There's pros uh, and cons good balance. both ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And then of course, we've got hybrid tomatoes and heirloom uh, varieties. Heirlooms are those varieties of tomatoes that have been around 50 years or more. They've been uh, folks have been growing them for a while, kind of unchanged. Uh, and those are our tried and true, your brandy wines, your Cherokee purples and whatnot. They're, they're fantastic, known for their flavor uh, and their quality, but um, but they, they maybe don't uh, produce quite as heavily as some of the hybrid varieties. So the hybrids are ones that have been you know blended and cross-pollinated and mixed together so to have new robust varieties. That's where your hybrids come in, and they're usually a, more, a little bit more disease-resistant. They're usually high yielders and very productive. So if you like that nice classic red slicing tomato, uh, oftentimes you'll find that in your hybrid varieties. So those are the main categories. But let's get into some of the varieties that we like to enjoy. All right, Kevin. So what are your like your top? You got like a top 10? Like, what do you got? You got your favorite tomato picks. What are you going to pick? Well, there's thousands of varieties of tomatoes to grow. But some of the ones that are my tried and true, my top picks. I mean, I start, let's start small and work big. Okay. I love uh, the sweet 100s or even super sweet 100s. They even have, you know, sweet one millions. But those sweet 100 variety, they're just so good. They're like little gumballs of red joy. They're so delicious. (laughs) 
and their orange counterpart, the Sun Gold, another you know really small cherry sized tomato, uh, and they're orange. They have this great flavor. Honestly, I could eat Sun Golds all day out in the garden and not even be and <laughs> never make it inside. Uh, but then some of my larger ones that I really love growing, and I brought up earlier, the Cherokee Purple, just a delicious. I mean kind of this maroon, blood red kind of color with, you know, swaths and uh, purple in there kind of moving about. It's so good. The flavor's incredible. I mean, on a burger, on a sandwich, they're just, they can't be beat. Uh, and similar uh, similar to those, I mean, the brandy wines, also an heirloom, just really, really look really interesting. They're kind of lobed. Uh, the leaves, when they grow, look kind of like, kind of wide and potato-like. I was going to say fat, but uh, the, the leaves look very odd. They don't even look like a tomato plant. They're really cool. The hmm. brandy wines are great to grow. Right now, I'm cultivating the pineapple variety. Those ones are just kind of yellow and red and pink and orange, all kind of splashed in together. It looks kind of like uh, sherbet ice cream. They're delicious. Just great, great flavor. I could eat those things like an apple. Um, and I have fun growing some of the big ones, like the beef steaks, uh, Radiator Charlie's, you know, Mortgage Lifter or whatever. There's a, those are fun to kind of try to see how big of a mater you can grow. Mm-hmm. But if you really, I'd recommend if you're kind of a grower and you just you just really want a nice tried and true, just basic red slicing tomato. I mean, you can go with the hybrids. Uh, the Ace 55s are always good. They're they're very dependable. Going to give you a, you know a well-rounded tomato like the Jet Setter Celebrity. Um, the early girl is a good choice if you want to be like the first person on your block to have some ripe tomatoes go, uh, you know, ready to eat. Wait, what's that? The early girl means that it's that's the name of the plant. Yeah, so and it flowers or it yeah. gives fruit sooner. Absolutely. So there's some varieties, like I said, there's determinate, indeterminate, hybrid heirloom. Right. There's even ones that are early. Early tomatoes. Oh, that's great. Uh, and so they actually produce earlier, you know, just shorter amount of time to get to harvest. Um, some shorter than others. Uh, there's actually several different early varieties. And they're great, especially if you live somewhere where maybe your summer isn't quite as long, your growing season, or if you really like to get an early start and uh, to see how how early in the spring you can actually have a ready tomato. It's kind of a fun challenge for a gardener, huh. but with this frost you've seen, it's a bit of a gamble. Right. So, and it's called early girls. The early name girl. Of the that's that's one of okay. them. Yeah, very. That's a big popular one. Or the but, name of the variety. Absolutely. Okay. And so there's so many uh, varieties that are just like I said, tried and true favorites of people. Like I said, whether it's the hybrids or the heirlooms, I like having a mixture of both. Uh, in my summer garden because it's nice. Like I said, the hybrids are very productive and they give you a very standard, uniform tomato. And then some of those heirlooms are just, like I said, the flavor and the quality just can't be beat. Um, so for fresh eating, they're just amazing. And also for making like a uh, pizza sauce, imagine having your own fresh homemade pizza sauce. Ooh, often. I've never done it. That would be, it, it's easier than it, than it sounds. It's super easy. It's fun. And you can grow things like Roma's or San Marzano's. Uh, those are like your paste tomatoes. And so that's why I like Romas because you can actually use them uh, in your salsa. You can throw them in your salads. You can make pizza sauce with them. But the San Marzanos are similar in a way that where they make really good uh, pasta sauce, pizza sauce. Uh, and so there's so much you can do with tomatoes, all these different varieties. Um, I think there's probably something for everyone times 10. There's so many different varieties. And what's really cool, Austin, is right now we are in the middle of a, like, like a horticultural renaissance when it comes to tomatoes. Oh really? What do you what do you mean by that? So I we, we I met up with Brad Gates of Wild Boar Farms a few weeks back. We were talking tomatoes and he mentioned he's like tomatoes have changed more in the past 10 to 20 years than they have in the previous like 2000 years. Whoa, that's There's been so much <laughs> hybridization and Whoa. development of varieties. There's there's new cultivars. 
uh, new hybrids. There's there's going to be there's heirlooms that are hybrids now that'll be heirlooms one day. You know, there's so many new varieties. Um, so if you're listening to this, check out Wild Boar Farms. Really cool uh, story out there uh, of a you know Northern California hybridizer tomato guy has just produced and created just dozens and dozens of new tomato varieties, some of which we'll talk about right now. Because what I was going to mention is that it's really cool to be able to grow some of the tomatoes that you really know you're going to enjoy. But it's also fun to kind of keep a spot or two open for a tomato that you haven't tried. And whether it's a wild boar farm tomato or something new, I'd say always, because my list of top tomatoes uh, changes every year, Austin. You talked about my list. So some, I've got to add some to that. Right. Last summer, I grew some that are now on my new list. So my new list. You uh, got a new, you got yes, a new the, list. The pink Berkeley tie-dye pink, from Wild Boar Farms. Wild Boar, yep. So good. I mean, incredible. I mean, it might be my new number one. I, I'm going to have to grow it again. Really? Eat some more. Oh, yeah. Um, it look, it's like kind of reddish pink with these, you know, stripes of green, um, the texture, the flavor, just killer. I mean, so good on your sandwiches or anything that, I mean, anything that requires, I mean, just put it on a piece of toast. Uh, what's that? Bruschetta. You mm-hmm. um, so good, man. It's killer. Um, it just can't be beat. You know, I, I just love it. So that one's on my list. The black beauty. I mean, it mm-hmm. grows. I mean, it's, it's, it's the color of this thing. It's, it's black as a moonless night. I mean, they're, they're so dark. Um, and they look so unusual, like an eggplant, and they taste really good. You slice through it, the skin is really black and dark. The inside flesh is just this deep red. Flavor's incredible. And he also had some other ones that I really loved, uh, like the Atomic Fusion, the Kryptonite, uh, Cosmic Eclipse. Those ones were cool. Uh, but the one I'm really looking forward to growing this summer is one I haven't had before. And that's why I'm kind of excited is the Pineapple Pig. That's pineapple. that's also my nickname on Pizza Night. No, it's not. Yeah. Wait, you put pineapple on pizza? Uh, no, actually, my wife does. Get she out loves of here. it, so I have to eat it. Oh no! I'm like, I'll eat the sweet with the savory, so but just yeah. Instead of putting pepperoni. pineapple on it, you could put pineapple pig tomato slices on. We it. do that actually. That's actually the best thing to do with your tomatoes is actually grow them, slice them, get get take your favorite pizza, and then just put that tomato right on top of said pizza, and then enjoy. So why is that one the pineapple pig? He's got the best names, Brad. He's always got the cool oh, names. Oh, yeah. So well, is that, that one like bright yellow, yellow yeah. cool flavor, um, kind of tangy and unique, uh, low acid. Um, and I think you probably, if you eat enough of them, you might turn into a pig. I'm not <laughs> sure on that. Um, oh, but there's nice. this, it's just great. Tomatoes are awesome. Like I said, there's thousands of varieties out there. So whatever one you choose, um, just, just have fun with it. And let's get right into actually how we're going to be successful with growing these tomatoes. Okay, perfect. Oh, you know what? I'm going to throw out... Well, a recommendation from me, if that's okay with Please, you, Please, I would love so, to hear it. So last year, I had great success with a uh, cherry tomato called Chocolate Sprinkles. Nice. And uh, it was also a dark color, um, really kind of almost brown. It was it was dark enough, you know, but not quite. And um, it was my best grower um, out of all the tomatoes I did and the most delicious. It was my favorite. So chocolate sprinkles, if you want to try out a cool cherry tomato, check that one out. I will definitely have to grow it this year. I tried to grow it last year. You got the last one, I think, oh, at the nursery, whoops. dude. Well, it was, it was <laughs> great. So I'm going to be looking for that one again. But let's go ahead and talk about care. So once we've made uh, our selections of what we want to try to grow, and uh, we we want to go for our, our favorites, our tried and trues, and then we want to uh, try experimenting and always try something new. Um, Absolutely. I like that tactic. So once we've picked them out, what do we do? How do we grow these? So find the sunniest spot in your garden, at least, at least somewhere that gets at least six to eight hours of direct sun. Um, here we are. We have some extreme summer heat, and usually uh, tomatoes are a full sun plant. 
But if they were to get a little bit of dappled shade, you know, four or five o'clock on in the peak of your summer, that wouldn't hurt. But typically full sun, they love it. Um, you're also going to want to amend your soil heavily. I know we talk about this no matter pretty much whatever we're growing, but with tomatoes, they really want rich uh, loose, well-drained soil that is going to allow them, you know, a ton of access to to soil nutrition uh, and to water and to air. Uh, and so, really, if you have soil, um, just no matter what what the quality or state is, add some compost, amend it, you know, regardless, each and every season. Uh, and of course, rotate your tomatoes. Try not to plant a tomato in a spot where you had it the year before, if you can avoid it, mm. um, because that'll that'll really uh, up your chances of avoiding, you know certain pests and diseases. Um, and so just if you can rotate them, that's helpful. But find a nice sunny location, amend that soil. If you want to grow them in containers, Austin, go for it. You can actually, tomatoes do fine in containers. Just make sure the container is good enough size. Uh, 15 gallons is probably the smallest that I would recommend. I've seen people go smaller, but if you live somewhere where it's really hot, really sunny, um, larger the container, probably the better off you're going to be. So even like a 15, 20 or 30 gallon container, those fabric pots we talked about, the smart yep. pots, tomatoes love those because they breathe so well and they sell, they air prune the roots. So, but if you want to grow in container, go for it. But just same thing, uh, a well-drained, well-balanced potting mix for your containers will be the start. Cool. Okay, cool. So containers is always good. That's, I, I just want to cut in because that, that is the, the method that I have to grow my tomatoes. So I'm doing... By container, uh, but I have big ones, and you even hooked me up with that 20-gallon container, and then I had all of these wine barrels, too. Um, I was curious, though, if the container, if other people are going to try to grow by container, is there, um, you're recommending different, like, gallon sizes, but is there a height necessity? Um, like, because I feel like they they need a tall container, but I could be wrong. Uh, maybe at least 18 inches or deeper, probably. Okay. Okay. You know, they wouldn't want to be any shallower than that. Got it. Okay. So now you got a nice sunny spot. You've got some good soil. Uh, you're off and running. So now we, we learned from Brad, uh, as p- at planting, you can actually remove a few of those bottom sucker branches um, and even those first uh, lower branches uh, off the trunk, if you want, off the base of that stem. And then you can actually plant that plant a few inches deep up that stem. Now, you wouldn't want to do this with a nice woody tree, um, but with tomatoes, they're a tender plant. They have totipotency. They'll actually form roots wherever the soil is moist and warm. They're good to go, and they're, they're gonna they'll form roots right out of that stem. So you can actually bury your plant um, up its stem a, a several inches when you first plant. What that's gonna do is allow that plant to to get even more roots going on at an early stage. Hmm. And when I mean suckers, I mean uh, some of these lateral branches are gonna come out and have um, kind of little little shoots coming up um, out of those branches. And if you can nip those out early on, you can reduce uh, some of these competing leads. So that way, you can have a tomato that doesn't have to have. 10 different stems coming uh, all shooting to the surface you can have you can reduce it down to one two three four central leaders and so that'll allow you to space your tomatoes even closer if you want to and to also maintain that growth in a healthy fashion as you grow it up so trim it up a little bit get it planted and wait now like i said if, if it's still cold outside if it's still wet outside you might want to wait a little bit we've had a lot of rain here recently where we're out here in northern california but everywhere is going to be a little bit different. So wait till the, that that fear of frost is gone. Any chance of that is now passed, and then you're going to be off and running. Like I said, soil temperature is it's really going to trigger all that root growth early on with your tomatoes. Cool. All right. So now we've got them in the ground, and uh, it's actually making me remember a big mistake I made last year that you helped me out with, where I put way I started them by seed, and then I I must have screwed up, and I had too many seeds in all my little. You had like 15 <laughs> seeds in like like a 20 gallon yeah. container, and then I I thought they were all one plant, and I went to put them in 
And of course, I didn't do what you were just saying, where you're removing, you're kind of going a little deeper. Yeah. Um, I didn't do that, but I also had just, you know, like a dozen plants all competing all in the same spot. So uh, it really is just one central stem, right? That's what you need early on. You you can let it split a little bit later on, um, but if you give it a a good jump start where it doesn't have to compete with a bunch of those lower sucker branches, you're just going to have healthier structure, um, easier harvesting, and it won't be overly bushy, and it won't turn into a big bird's nest, especially with the indeterminate varieties. They, uh, they especially like to get extra viney and wild. But a little bit of just nipping, you know, a little dead kind of with your fingertips. You don't even need to get the pruners out. You can prune a lot of that um, with your fingers. And then as it gets larger, you can use your pruners. But it just really helps with the shape and structure of your plant, which is obviously going to give you more fruit. Uh, but yeah, with spacing is important. Austin, you bring it up. So <laughs> maybe like if you're pruning them uh, and literally clipping them, you can get them as close as two feet. Um, okay. Sometimes, you know, two and a half, three feet apart can be really helpful to give them at least a little bit of space. Um, that That's really where you want to go. Just a little bit. they get of, pretty big. They're going to get big. Yeah, so they get big. Determinate varieties, they're a little bit more stocky, maybe, you know, four to five feet. Your indeterminate varieties, I had, I mean, I had vines, you know, six, seven, eight feet long by the end of the summer uh, or longer. And so um, it, it just really depends. Um, so a little bit of pruning early on helps. And if you continue some of that as the season goes on, you're not going to be doing bad for yourself. Now, when it comes to keeping them off the ground, you got to stake them, Austin. So we've got them spaced oh, out. Yeah. We've got them planted. Stake them Because r- they properly. get big. Yeah. So, so are you even, talking Florida weave? Uh, that, if you have uh, rows of your tomatoes, that's oh, where the Florida okay. weave is really helpful. And that's where you have posts on either end. And then every few plants, you can have an additional wooden stake. And then you kind of zigzag some, some nice t- strong twine from the post to, uh, around your, your plants, and they kind of in tension hold each other up. It's kind of easy to do. It's really clean once it gets gets going, um, and you don't need a bunch of cages, but your plants all have to be in a row. Now, if you have um, an individual spots in your garden and you don't have that uh, to, do, uh, to deal with, cages, 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 or even big strong stakes that you can tie them off to. There's a lot of different ways you, you can make your own. You can purchase them. I've, what's nice is you're noticing them now. They're getting stronger and more robust. I think in the past, some of those cages were pretty flimsy, but I'm noticing now they're selling them. They're pretty thick and strong. But even then, I like actually using a cage with a stake in it to tie the stake off oh. to the plant and the cage. And then the cage itself helps to kind of contain some of those plants and those branches, support them as they get you know fruited up uh, and weighed down. And so you can actually do you know, a hybrid system. I've done a Florida weave with cages. Um, and so you can actually, you can experiment, but really it's all about giving these, uh, these tomatoes are kind of like a, an angry toddler. You ever, you ever seen that where they get upset and you go to pick them up and kind of carry them and they just kind of go limp on oh, you? Well, I know they need a lot of, it's like almost like constant adjustment in the cage too. I, yeah. I've, I experienced that last year. Um, I had one in a cage and then I tried to get fancy and I had like flat trellis kind of almost like a spalier post. And the, there was three wine barrels up against a wall, and I was trying to weave them through that as they got bigger and bigger. But that was the trouble. It's like as they're growing, you kind of have to adjust where their limbs go on the, the cages. Yeah, because they're vining, but they're not going to like climb on anything properly. Right. So you got to just contain them, ca- keep them lifted up. And you can do that a number of ways, like I said, through the staking or, you know, or the cages or even making your own with, with some um, you know, cattle fencing or wire. You can get really creative, but it's all about just keeping those heavy limbs up off the ground because you don't want that fruit resting on the soil. It'll rot. It'll, you know, in, bring in pests and disease and, you know, other issues. So keep them up lifted. Even the determinate varieties that need less support will still need some support. So 
Give your tomatoes some support, emotional support, physical physical support, whatever they need. But uh, yeah, keep them, keep them up off the ground. Uh, and like I said, the Florida, whether you Florida weave them or use the cages, just keep them up off the ground, people. All right. Uh, keep your tomatoes off the ground. I think we can do that. Is there anything else we need to know? Like what what's uh, kind of the final, final touches here? So now that we've got them planted, we've got them supported, it's time to, you know, fertilize and water. So I love, you know, I do this with the amending uh, beforehand. You can actually use a starter fertilizer. But once they get established, just use a nice tomato, vegetable food. Um, I love, I always go organic. You can use synthetic if you'd like. But even after talking to Brad Gates of Wild Boar Farm, he's really big into the organics as well. And was talking about how it really just affects the overall health of the plant. It's not just kind of fun to talk about. It actually just produces a healthier ecosystem in the soil. The plant's roots grow better. The plant just stays healthier. And you get these wonderful, healthy uh, plant and a good harvest. So feed your plants. Another thing to consider is if you're growing in a container, one of the uh, problems people run into is exhaustion. So the the plant will just get exhausted as the season progresses. Um, They'll do good early on and they kind of just fade as the season goes on. And then you start, you kind of, the fruit production slows down way, you know, and then what it is, it has to do with fertilize those plants, keep them fed, whether you're using synthetics or organics, it's important to use you know, a fertilizer in proper amounts. Uh, he was even saying he likes to microdose his plants, especially in containers where he dilutes some of his liquid fertilizer to, to less than the recommendation, but does it more frequently. And so he's using a fish emulsion and sea kelp, but it was just really diluting it down and just kind of dosing his plants lightly um, as needed. And so no matter what your approach is, make sure you're feeding your plants um, throughout the growing season. Tomatoes are very heavy feeders. Now it doesn't need to be. It doesn't mean you need to go out there and just throw handfuls out there, but really just make sure you're uh, you're consistent with your um, applications of nutrition and uh, don't stop as that season goes on. I know it's going to get hot and your other you know life's going to come up, but keep supporting your plants with good uh, nutrition and they will support you back with a good harvest. And then of course watering is going to avoid so many issues. Proper watering and we kept hearing about even watering. We talked about uh, with Brad. So we want to have nice deep waterings, allow your, your, your roots to get soaked. They don't need to be in a pool of water all the time, but they also don't want to go dry for far too long. So keeping your roots evenly moist throughout the growing season in the summer is really going to produce the best results. There's a lot of problems that come with uneven watering of your tomatoes, blossom end rot, um, and bringing in pests like aphid and whitefly. The, um, you can avoid a lot of that with just uh, even watering throughout your growing season, and that'll really help with the healthier plant. Just watering itself kind of, like I said, avoids some problems to begin with. Um, so it's just water properly, feed your plant consistently, amend your uh, soil as needed, and uh, hopefully enjoy those plants a little bit. I think you're going to just kind of blow your, your own mind with how good you are at growing tomatoes if you give it a shot. All right. Thank you, Kevin, so much. That w- What a great uh, rundown uh, for everyone looking forward to growing tomatoes this season. I know I am, and um, I just love it. And now's the time. You know what? Actually, I-, I really like leaving kind of like a meeting knowing exactly what my action items are. So it- I think... It- Today, we should walk away and start for sure nailing down the tomatoes we want to grow, right? Yeah, find varieties that will that are going to work for you. Well, first, find out how, how many you can grow at your home garden. Okay. Could be one, could be 10 or more or whatever. Um, usually, you know, five or six tomato plants will feed a family of four for the summer, but, you know, you can kind of give or take. So find out how much space you have. Like I said, full sun, good, healthy soil, and then you're off and running. 
Pick your varieties. You can extend your harvest. You can find some that produce early, some that are going to be a little bit later producers, some that are determinate, indeterminate. Uh, hybrids or heirlooms, find ones that speak to you. Like I said, if, if you know that ones, that uh, varieties that really that you love already, grow those. But always leave at least one or two spots open to try something new because you just it just might work your way into your your repertoire there. But uh, really get yourself some good f- uh, fertilizer. Like I mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, it's so important. They're heavy feeders. They're really going to respond to uh, you know adequate soil nutrition. Um, and that can also be supported by amending your soil before you plant, after you plant, and even later in the season in the summer, you can do additional top dressings of amendment. So just, just consider soil health, soil fertility is so crucial for tomatoes. Um, and really just hopefully make, hopefully you can have some fun with it. The caging, the staking, it's really easier than it sounds. Just keep them up off the ground, whatever it takes. Um, but it's really, tomatoes are easy going stuff. I just recommend everybody give it a shot, dip your toe in. If you haven't done it before, you're missing out. If, you, if you've done it before, then you know what I'm talking about. Uh, until, until next time, garden friends, I got to get out in the garden and get my own tomatoes going. Things are starting to warm up. I think, uh, March came in like a lion. It's going to go out a little bit like a lamb and I'm looking forward to just a wonderful spring and summer. And I think this is going to be the most delicious, most nutritious summer garden that we've ever grown. And I hope the same for all of you. Uh, I just want to thank Austin for another great edit. Oh yeah. Thank all of our listeners for showing up and hanging out with us and talking plants. Yeah. And I just want to say, I'll see you next time. Garden friends. Until then, happy gardening to you all, and please never, ever stop growing tomatoes. Yeah, bye everyone. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Kevin Jordan or his guests. These gardening tips and suggestions may work for you, as well as those from alternative sources. When using any garden products or tools, read and follow all label directions.